Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Osher Ginsberg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for listening this week. This is episode 120 of the show with the one and only Mark Holden. More about him in a moment. Um, If you like the show, if you're new to the show, please subscribe. That way a new show will appear in your podcast app every single week. Uh, you can also listen to all the shows at osherginsberg.com. Only the most recent 50 are in the uh, podcast app or the uh, RSS on iTunes. Um, I have uh, something to tell you, something that's uh, quite important, something I didn't think I'd do, but I'm going to do it. And I'm kind of following in the lead of uh, Will and Charlie, who are you know podcast heroes of mine. And uh, it's actually Charlie that said, mate, you got to do this. So... I've put up a Patreon page, uh, which is a a way that you can support the show. As you've heard, I've, you know, toyed with the idea of doing commercials. I may yet still do commercials, but at this point, I'm honestly, folks, I'm running out of time to do this show. It's Sunday night. It's 20 to 10. Um, I'm supposed to be in bed by 7.30 on Sunday nights. Um, I get up in five hours and, um, yeah, I'm starting to run out of time to do this show. I need an audio producer. Uh, This show takes between six and eight hours every week to make. And um, those hours are harder and harder to come by, especially between um, seeing family and um, and trying to sleep. So I do not want to stop making the show. I love making this show. I love the communications I get to have not only with my guests but also with you. If you can afford to give anything, if you like the show and you can afford to give anything, that would be amazing. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Osher. Um, you don't have to give anything. I promise you this podcast will be free, will always be free. But if you can give, if you would like to reciprocate what's happening here, I'd be very, very, very grateful. There are a few rewards on there. The page asked me to put some rewards in, so I just made some stuff up. So if you buy a cup of coffee, it costs about five bucks. If you put five bucks a month in there, um, not only do you support the show, but I'll also um, send you some exclusive episodes, which no one else has heard. Um, There's a few other ones in there. I just made them up about 10 minutes ago. So, you know, um, I don't expect anyone will ever go for them, but you know, if you do, that'd be great. Yeah. But I'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you would be so kind, that would be just extraordinary. I hope your week was good. Whatever you did. I, uh, trained my balls off me and, uh, the bloke I'm working out with Jason over at uh, perform 360 up in Brisbane. He's great, great trainer where I'm really learning a lot with him. He's making me do all kinds of interesting things like juggle, um, so I'm not just lifting heavy things. I'm also learning how to juggle and make my brain talk to itself. Um, but I uh, didn't listen to Audrey. Um, 
And I uh, didn't sleep enough. And she's like, look, stop training. Just take it. I was feeling sick. She said, don't train. Don't train. Just go and rest. I'm like, no, but I have to train. Anyway, so I got sick. And now I'm on antibiotics. So, yeah. Listen to your fiancé, Osh. Listen to your fiancé. Yeah. Anyway. Um... I hope you're okay. I'm uh, I'm doing it a bit tough at the moment. The uh, the hot weather's kind of freaking me out. I don't do very well on hot days. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a climate change thing. Uh, it, it it kind of bothers me, but uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, I am so happy that I could bring you my guest today. I really, really, really am. I want to tell you about my guest today, Mark Holden. Mark Holden is, he's a household name in Australia. He's had more achievements in more extraordinary careers, different careers, than you or I have had hot dinners. He's been a teen pop idol, uh, an on-screen soap opera heartthrob. He's been a heavyweight songwriter. In LA, uh, publisher and a music manager there in LA. He's um, been a music manager here in Australia too. Managed artists uh, who had number ones all over the world, like um, Vanessa Amorosi. He was a judge on the first few seasons of Australian Idol, where he and I worked together. He is a cancer survivor, and now Mark Holden is a full-time successful barrister in the Victorian legal system. Um, he and I met in this, uh, well, we talk about where we met, but it was pretty wild to meet Mark there after some of the nights he and I have had. It was extraordinary. You'll hear in this conversation, I'm very fond of Mark. I really am. He was a great hero of mine. He guided me through my first years of very public exposure after the Australian Idol show went through the roof. He'd done it all before, so he was very um, very kind with his guidance there. Uh, he and I cover a lot of ground. We, we honestly, like I hugged him hello, I went and sat down, I rolled tape, and what you hear us talking about, these are the first words we've spoken face-to-face -face to each other in about nine years, eight years. We've spoken before, but face-to-face, -face, that was it. So you'll hear it. Um, I'm very grateful that he took the time to meet with me. He's a great human being. Uh, we get very raw, we get very real in this conversation. And then he's kind enough to tell me a story how he once dragged David Hasselhoff out of a fist fight. So we've got some Hoff stories in there. Anyway, hope you enjoy this conversation uh, in a very fancy exclusive members club for barristers and judges on, uh, what street was it? Oh, William Street in Melbourne, opposite the law courts, um, on Friday morning, about four days ago. Enjoy the conversation with Mark Holden. How are you, Mark? I'm great. It's really good to see you. You look it's very healthy. Six years you sober. You look skinny. Six years sober now. Six years sober. Yeah. Wow. Why? Yeah. Why? Because I can't stop if I start drinking. Thank you so really? much. Oh, you, oh, you just mean alcohol? Oh, everything. Everything. Yeah, I yeah. had to. Okay. It kind of it went on a, a good. very deep spiral. Wow. After really? I, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. After Noah, is that what it was? Or, or? Oh, it was actually before. Yeah. It was in the middle of all that. Oh, to do you be think honest. that contributed to the... Oh, absolutely. ...to the destruction? Oh, without a oh, shadow of so a doubt. I'm so sad about that. <laughs> Look, here's the great thing, is that I had an opportunity to learn from that experience in a really, you know, I paid a lot for the lessons I learned. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, you know... What did you learn? Um, not to be such a reactionary, selfish prick. Mm, that's a life lesson, lifelong lesson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also learned that I... So do you think it was because you were a reactionary selfish prick? Uh, also that I didn't realise... It was a bunch of things. Mm. Um, but also I didn't realise that I... Many people had told me, you know, once you start drinking, you can't stop. Really? Oh, yeah, I've yeah. I've never had that problem. You're lucky. No, I am. I know. You're really lucky. Yeah, absolutely. You're very lucky considering the <laughs> exposure you've had. Yeah, to. sure. And still, and here at this place, you know, yeah. I mean, this is a drinking environment. Yeah. Can you tell people where we are? We're at the Essoin, at Essoin Club, which is the first floor of Owen Dixon East. We're looking out the window to the beautiful plane trees, and across the road is the uh, is, is the Supreme Court of Victoria. 
and it's an old, beautiful old building built by the. It was built based on the Irish uh, Supreme Court, in, in uh-huh. and uh, it was a. It's a very old, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful building. And so, what happens in this room? What happens in this particular room? We're in the dining room uh, part of it, and it's just. It's really like I said to you in the text. It's really just a coffee shop and a right. and a lunchroom for barristers and judges. And the judges will some do magistrates sometimes. Um, some of them like to feel still connected to their old buddies from the bar, and then uh-huh. some of them prefer to stay hidden away. But it's a place because the barrister's life, much like a songwriter's life, is is cave dwellers. You know, you live in your cave, and uh, you occasionally go to court, but you're. It's not a collaborative thing generally. I yeah. mean, it can be collaborative. Yeah. But um, but it's not generally collaborative. It's yeah. generally a solo or or, yeah. or you're junioring someone's senior or something. Uh-huh. And and so it's a very isolated thing. The woman that you met on the way in, yeah. Laura, we started the bar, bar choir for barristers, and uh, two years ago. Fantastic. And it's great. So on Thursdays, I have I haven't actually I've missed I haven't done the last the last semester because I've been just having. 62-year-old holidays, you know, just going on holidays all the time. <laughs> totally fine. Going up to Udnadatta on the Udnadatta track and up the Darling. and Magnificent. About to go to, the, go to Argentina. And nice. So uh, I haven't, but, but I'm, when, we get, when I get back from Argentina, I'm going to do the next semester. It's lovely. You know, it's people who really can't sing all that very well, but it's an opportunity for people to uh, just be in a room together and talk and, Mate, I have and, a poker and community. Night. I have yeah. a poker night every Wednesday night. There you go. I don't go for the cards. Exactly right. It's just the hang <laughs> in the chat. It's just an ex- excuse to sit mm. around and, um, yeah. you know, get some counselling on how to deal with our significant others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. Yes. It really, really is. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw you. Um, long time. I was going to come to your wedding, which you were kindly invited me to, and it was just after I had been axed from Idol. Yeah. And I was really raw. It was a total shock to me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I just didn't know who was going to come. I wish I'd gone because I'd love to have gone to Israel. I'd love to have been a part of that. Uh, but I just was so raw that year, and I just didn't really feel like seeing anyone. Fair enough, too. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. You know? It Fair was enough. such a shock. It really Are you okay to talk shock. about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's it. I've just talked about it. Well, it's it was a shock to me. It was a huge, shock. Too. Yeah. shock. It was a huge shock. Do you, what do you remember about Second cause... time I've been fired. <laughs> First time was I got a job on the 17th floor of the Motown building in 19, 1993 or something rather. Left Bank Management, um, I, they asked me to be their publishing guy. And I was a songwriter at the time, and I thought, oh, fantastic. I'd love to be a publishing guy. And that's where I learned the Peter Principle, which yeah. is you rise to your level of incompetence. So the very thing that you actually love, which is writing songs and songs, you ultimately don't do any of, <laughs> you know, and you're hustling for other people's songs, <laughs> and you really don't care about other people's songs. You really only care about your own songs. Yeah, right. But I found Mila Jovovich in that in that process. Wow. So, so it ended up being good. But they, in the end, after a year, they fired me, and that was an enormous relief. I walked out of there going, oh, my God, thank God. Yeah. The, I was on the 17th floor. and uh, Which city is this? In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Uh, of the Motown building on Sunset there. And, and uh, what I would do is I'd get in there, because you had to get in there on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7 a.m. for the big group meeting. Uh-huh. And I did it the first Tuesday and I did it the first Friday. I thought, you mean you do this every bloody week for the rest of your life? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, right. So I used to go in there. I'd do a circle because it was the whole floor and I'd do a, a round of the whole building, make sure everybody saw me. Then I'd duck out down the um, fire escape and go home and then come back about four and come back the same way and do another walk around. <laughs> I hated it. I couldn't bear being in a job, just just an office. A desk job. A office, any, you know, yeah. you know, somebody having authority over you, yeah. having to be somewhere at a certain time. That's yeah. why the barrister life is great. But that was a good firing. This one was, I was numb. I, I, I walked out of there going, what the fuck just happened? Because they owed me it. They just signed me for two years. It was an extraordinary experience. But it, uh, it, and it was a deep, it was a profound shock. Because all I'd ever done was music. And, yeah. and uh, all, all I'd ever been was in the music paper. Yeah. And then I was out of that. I'd lost Vanessa, Joel had fired me. Um, I had not, no music to work on. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was an ex- it was a real Debbie Downer moment. It really yeah. was. I was pretty down. Your kids that. had just started at uh, MLC, if I'm not mistaken. She'd been there for a while, yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, here's the beautiful twist of life. Yeah. Here's where life gets super duper magic. I always loved Monty. I mean, you know, even though he fired me, I've David Monty's the, the uh, pro, at the time the programmer of yeah, uh, yeah. Of my Monty's a lovely guy, and and um, you know, just I just drank the bottle of Grange with my brother that he gave me in two thousand and three <laughs> <laughs> over Christmas time. I thought, you know, yeah. I'm not waiting any longer. I'm drinking yeah. it now. And uh, my daughter, who Katie, who at that time, what's it, two thousand and eight, she would have been uh, thirteen, yeah. twelve or thirteen. Two weeks ago, she pitched a format at Monty, <laughs> <laughs> which he loved, and had a second meeting. That's great. And there's the small wonder of the universe right there. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, look, anyway, it was that was a, that was a bummer. After I took a year off. I licked my wounds. We went to America for my wife's, I think it was 40th or 50th, 50th maybe. Say 40th. Well, yeah, say 40th, yeah. say 40th. Well said, well played. Yeah. Um, and came back and thought, well, you know what, I, I don't know what to do. I think I'll, I had a law degree. It took me 30 years to get my law degree. 1971 I started. I graduated in 2001. And uh, then I went back uh, in 2009, because I took 2008 off. 2009, I went to Leo Cousins and did my practical training mm. and got admitted to, to practice over there in the Supreme Court. And then immediately, I was so lucky, I applied for the reader's course here at the bar. And it was a three-year wait. They only take 50. And, uh, and then somebody dropped out and I got in. So I went straight from being admitted to practice to the barrister's course, which I jumped into. And uh, it was just awesome. It's just, it was actually, it's right up where you came in in that hall. At the yeah. other end there, there's the yeah. moot rooms and the, because yeah. the bar teaches itself uh, with judges and barristers wow. teach the barristers course. And uh, so it ended up being what was ultimately a, you know, a dreadful negative, although wonderful. When I, when the full realization that in the end, in the fullness of time, now I only look on, on it with joy. Yeah. And, and with, you know, I mean, just, you know, you, you two guys, you know, Matheson, you know, what a, what a legend he is, you know. Yeah, I really, I really miss you, you know, I really, uh, going on tour was an oblivion of, of, <laughs> of destroying bars with Padian money, um, but I really enjoyed, very much enjoyed the conversations you and I used to have in the morning. We had, you know, we had, we had good it. conversations. No, I loved, I loved it. It was, it was, you know, it was such a tremendous experience because everybody was at there playing at the highest level. Yeah, absolutely. And the quality of the production, yeah. the quality of the camera people, the editors, the lighting. Yeah, we had the best of the best. We really had the best yeah. of the best. And, and we had the best of the best, I think, you know, even relative to the world, having seen it, mm. having seen it in Europe and, yeah. and, and Germany. I and, agree. And, and there was nothing that, that they were doing that we weren't doing as yeah. well or better. And that was a privilege. I mean... Doing Vanessa on Top of the Pops in England, Top of the Pops in Germany, and seeing the inside of the BBC and seeing how that worked, I, I went away from it going, you know what, uh, Bert Newton on a on a Friday morning from nine to eleven, whatever mm. it was, yeah. you know, the quality of that production was the equal of anything. Right, you know, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was people working at the top of their game, as we as we had every level of person that worked on our show. From you guys who are front of house, to uh, you know, to everyone, mm. the, you know, the Emma. Think about remember Emma and how, how how into it she was, and she'd be crying if she didn't get the right story or mm. if she'd missed something. Yeah, or, uh, the story producers. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, that just every level of person was totally yeah. into it, and that was a once in a lifetime. Experience. What did you learn about What did you learn about yourself in the time after? When, in the when time it, after, when it when it went away in that in that vacuum of where the job was, like that those following days. Oh, I don't know that I learned anything about myself. Uh, yeah. Really, I just I, well, I learned how much I cared about it. I guess. Yeah. Like, right. I certainly learned how much I cared about it. Yeah. But um, in the fullness of time, what I've learned is that ultimately it ended up uh, opening a door that I wouldn't have otherwise opened, which is mm. this door yeah. at the bar. And you know, because I was fifty-five, I had talked to my older friends, my 70-year-old friends, my 80-year-old friends, and they all said 55 is too young to stop doing things. And if I'd gone on another two years and been 57 or 50, whatever, I might have just gone, well, that's it, I'm done. Mm. Thank you very much. You know, I'm going to spend my money now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to spend my nest eggs. Um, but instead, at 55, and having had that shock of kind of self-esteem, bash to the, bash to the head, um, and in a very public way. In a very public yeah. way. Um, 
uh, I, I, I had the impetus to actually try something else. Yeah. And then this other thing happened. And, yeah. and being at the bar has been an enormous privilege. I love it. It's, uh, you know, you, it's, it's not unlike being a manager or something because you're fighting for something or someone, yeah. mainly fighting for someone and not always fighting for someone that's particularly pleasant. But, you know, but, but you're fighting for somebody. And, and I've really... Uh, it's just been fantastic. Yeah. I've made some really good friends here. And uh, just being a part of the Victorian legal system is amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's evolved over a long period of time. There's an ARC court here, which is, you know, for people with emotional disabilities so that the magistrate comes down and sits at the bar table. There's a Koori court. There's, there's a drug court. I've done I've appeared at the drug court in Dandenong, um, you know, for the princely sum of $120. You know, it's not a... Barristering is not a way to make a lot of money. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's not. Uh, most barristers, I think, would... You know, there's 2,000 barristers in um, Victoria, and I'd say the majority earn under 70 grand a year, under 50 grand a year. So what's... Hang on. So there's so much I want to talk to you about, but yeah. let's just figure out. So the, I, I know what a judge is, and I get very confused with the Australian legal system, especially because um, Gigi, the, um, Audrey's kid, watches a lot of... Uh, American stuff. The Law and Order. Yeah. So I get very confused with yeah. the Australian legal system. Yes, well, it's not that dissimilar um, in, in the sense that... Um, Oh, the only difference is in in um, in Victoria, in Australia, you can you can appear in well, the solicitors and barristers. You're all Australian lawyers, but they're solicitors and barristers. Solicitors can do barristers' work, but barristers can't do solicitors' work. So barristers are supposed to be the guys and girls. And there's a fifty percent women here. That's at fantastic. The bar. That's fantastic. It's, it's, yeah, it's in it's it's big. And uh, and Daniel Andrews has said that fifty percent of the of the bench needs to be women. He's made that a thing. So it's, it's, but still, it's not ethnically any different. Yeah. That's interesting. That's another issue. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, where do we get to a loss? Oh, I was asking you the role. So solicitors can't do. Oh, so solicitors, solicitors. So that means a solicitor can go into a courtroom? Solicitors can go into, well, solicitors generally always go into a courtroom, but they do it as an instructor. Mm -hmm. So in criminal matters, I have to be instructed by a solicitor. Okay. I have to be, and my client is a solicitor, not the, not the defendant. Uh. So the, the solicitor hires me as a barrister, but solicitors in the magistrate's court, in a lot of courts, solicitors can appear without a barrister. So, okay. So uh, I, when I first went to the bar, I was getting a lot of legal aid work uh, because it existed then and it's been the Liberal state Liberal government slashed it and then oh. the Labor government promised that they were going to bring, put it back and they haven't. And, and so a lot of, there's a lot of legal aid that's been slashed. But I used to do that to start mm. out, so I, I'd find myself in the Dandenong Magistrates Court defending uh, a, a guy in, a, in an assault on his heroin dealer, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I'd be defending him, and I'd say, "Mate, why don't you just plead on this one?" He'd say, "No matter, I've got another one in 24 hours. I need I need to run the gauntlet on this one." <laughs> I mean, you know, guys, that everybody deserves a defence system. Yeah, right. Everybody, de everybody deserves a defence. But so you're the one that argues the case. Argues the case. Okay. Argues the case. Right. And, so would you say... And there's a lot of pleadings in that too. There's yeah. now a lot of this. I've, I, if you'd asked me in 2007 when I was drinking red at the end of the show and clowning with everybody, <laughs> um, would I ever be capable of doing what I'm doing now, which is, you know, intense pleadings, yeah. which are, you know, 30 pages, 20 pages, 50 pages of legalese yeah. setting out the case, which is what you have to do. Um, in not necessarily in crime so much, but even with crime, you do yeah. submissions. You know, you do submissions on law and all that sort of thing. But in civil and and in copyright, I've done some copyright matters. You know, that there's a lot of dense pleadings mm. and that sort of paperwork. I couldn't not have imagined I'd get any joy out of mm. that I'd be interested in. <laughs> and and it is. It's fantastic. I love it. Wow. I love it. It's kind of an intellectual exercise. It's is really there an good. element? So I can only imagine. Is there an element of performance? Not think? really. No? No, no. The great it's ones. I've, I've juniored three uh, QCs who are brilliant. One... Queen's Councils. Yeah. Philip Priest, who's now in the Court of Appeal, was my senior mentor, and I juniored him in criminal matters. Mari Shaw, a QC in Adelaide, who was in the District Court in Adelaide, but went back to the bar. I've uh, juniored her in, in a couple of different matters. One which went all the way to the High Court, but the one we did went to the Supreme Court. And, and when she speaks, she, she's, both of them speak, they speak very quietly, confidently, quietly, 
there, I mean, if there's a performance, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, the one time I tried actually using the courtroom uh, was a complete failure. Right. I, I was going, well, well, if you go out, and I was using the room, and I said, well, look at it from this angle, and it yeah. was just dud. Right. It was, it just didn't work, and the uh-huh. magist- that was a magistrate then didn't warm to me. Okay. <laughs> treating it like a television studio. Right. <laughs> I think what what I find, or like an American TV, yeah, show. yeah, okay, okay, it's not doesn't work that way. All right, well that that draws a big distinction because mm. I guess we don't really see Australian courtrooms on television. No, no, God bless. And have you seen Making a Murderer? Not yet. Oh my Trying God, to. it is so fucking amazing. Okay, it is unbelievable All as right. a, as a story, but also as an insight to the legal system. And for me, as a as a as a lawyer, it was there were certain times where I just wanted to throttle people. Yeah. But but also the extraordinary thing is that the, they they had footage of the police interviews, they had footage in court. I mean that would never happen here. Right. It would never happen here. We wouldn't just wouldn't happen. Right. And it doesn't happen. So it was extraordinary at that level that they had so they had hours and hours of footage from the court. Part of me wants to just spend this whole time with you speaking about the role of a solid justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's a move sol- on. No, no, no. I I find it <laughs> so important that we have an independent justice system as a part of a robust democracy absolutely and uh and a society that we can consider safe yes i'm Uh, on the asia law practice section as well of the bar and um and we have a lot of chinese legal teams that come through to look at our system yeah and we get to interact with them and talk to them and you know they don't have bail in china just take take that you know i mean just the actual our basic we think you might have done it in you go in you go and you stay and there in, and you stay, and you're in. Then that's it. There's no presumption of bail. We have we have a presumption of bail in Australia. We have this extraordinary thing called you're presumed to be innocent until proven guilty. That basic concept is alien to probably eighty percent of the world. Wow. Well, it's alien <laughs> to a few newspapers as well. Let's be honest. Well, okay, you that's know. another issue. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. You can be acquitted of something, but it doesn't matter. Every Google search will turn up that you were yes. in for it. Well, yeah, that's another whole issue. Yeah, Disruption. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing about. The other thing about what happened in 2008 for me was that it happened right at the time of the disruption, you know, and, and, and that the music business ultimately, the music business that I knew oh, dissolved right beneath me. Yeah. And, and so I not, not only had no clients, but, but I had no business. It was mm. an extraordinary. It, that, was a, that was a big thing. That was a big thing. But, but in a way, I, I got cancer right, right after that, and that, all of that became irrelevant. You know, all of that became a non-issue, and uh, when I when I recovered from uh, the surgeries and, and 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 the radiation and all that, um, I, I I let go of the pain of idols. I, I let go of the pain of losing Vanessa, and uh, and just sort of found myself just listening to music again for yeah. the first time in a very 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 long time, wow. where it didn't have a commercial point to it. Yeah, you know. When you face that, what's it, what's it like when they sit down and say, "Okay, Mark, we've got the scans back." Yes. Uh, well, it, the first time, the first time, it was just up here on Collins Street. I had a little ladybird, and I walked up with my wife, and I had a little ladybird, and we said, "That's a good sign." And they said, "No, it's not cancer." And I went, "Okay, cool." And then um, when it hadn't gone away, six months later, we went back and they took out the lump, and yes, it was. And uh, so I had time already in my mind, and when you've got a lump on your neck. You know, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Something's you know? up. Something's up. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like it was a sudden scary yeah. thing. I just, I just dealt with it. I was very lucky. The pain for me at that time was that my sister, who was uh, at that time just turned sixty, and had just had five years clean from breast cancer, was diagnosed with, with pancreatic cancer. So that same year, yeah, you know, I was dealing with my beautiful sister who used to come to Idol. Yeah, and uh, and she'd come to Idol actually when she was uh, had her breast surgery mm. and, and with a with a wig on and you know she'd still come out of and yeah. sit, up the, sit up in the green room with me and, yeah. you know, and uh, so I had that pain that was more painful than mine because I knew she was going to die we yeah. knew she was going to die and uh, mine knew I was going to survive right but but again I lost I lost my voice I couldn't I lost 80% of my singing voice so you, you lose <laughs> the music industry that you knew that you thought you could go back to disappears yes uh, you get you get cancer yeah which takes away the thing that you were always able to do which yeah. was sing 
but but when I but when I really I didn't it never worried me because I knew I could speak oh. and and I was a barrister so at that time you know this yeah. happened while I was going through the readers course and uh, uh, so it didn't it didn't really didn't really bother me but the, but the beautiful Jonathan Welch I've got to give him so much he's such a beautiful man he uh, I, I've been doing some help and advice to them and I have been for a number of years now been the kind of a legal advisor help on some issues that they've had over the years like getting their name back the choir of Martin Ops they finally got their name back they've had to be the choir of hope and inspiration for the last five six seven eight years but anyway they've got their name back and Jonathan would come over to my house and just get me using my voice and then he had a cancer choir and he put me in the cancer choir wow. and we did a song in the ABC in Sydney for my sister with the cancer choir and so he got me using my voice again, and I found that I could actually use my voice, wow. but in another in another way. Yeah, so just with none of my beautiful falsetto that I had, and all you know, because that's where I used to write all the girl songs, like yeah. absolutely everybody, and all those things came from the from the uh, yeah. the anima, yeah, uh, yeah, the the girl voice, and that's all gone now. I'm just a crusty old man. <laughs> But I was very lucky I had the bar, you see. That was yeah. the beautiful part of it. That even through that, I'd come in with my neck all weird and I'd turn up to court and, and do, do an appearance. And I was so nervous about that first year of appearing as a barrister where I, you know, really didn't know what I was doing. You know, mm. was, you know I mean, I, you know, I remember one Judge Byrne came in during the Reader's Courses. Now there's a new evidence out now. Those of you, you of course, you all must know the new evidence out. I'm thinking, I don't know the old evidence. <laughs> it was 1971 that I did crime. <laughs> or 72. You know, it's 40 years ago that I did crime. I don't remember any of it. So I, I had to, you know, do a real hurry up on, yeah. the, on the loading up on knowledge. But the beautiful thing about the bar, the really beautiful thing about the bar, and they said it during the reader's course, and, and it turned out to be true. They said you can knock on anyone's door, and, and, and they're kind of duty-bound to give you some time and some advice. And, um, and they do, and they do. And so, you know, whenever you have a problem... I'd go to my mentor or my senior mentor, and I'd just say, yeah, what do I do now? And they'd tell me what to do. So I gradually get confidence. Get I really miss that in, uh, in broadcasting. There really isn't anyone. Really? Well, there isn't any, really anyone that I can ask, I can but talk you maybe to. maybe you're the person that, that mentors. Well, that's true. People do ask me. People do <laughs> yeah, come to me. If, if people email me, say, can I send you an air check on my radio thing? Oh, can I send you a tape? Every time I say, I say yes, every time. every single time. I say Why yes, not? every single time. Yeah. The and amount of people that follow up, though, is that right? The amount I'm of people surprised. that follow up is small. Is that right? Well, there oh, you yeah. go. That's the difference between the people who do and the people who think Mate. about doing Well, it. yeah. But, you know, list, listening to you speak, you are describing a man and a career that is completely different to the man you were when I knew you, who was completely different to the man you were 10 years before that. Yes, it's completely different to the man you were in well, your, and that's the, that's the, in your uh, 20s. That's the hideousness of age. You know? No, awesomeness <laughs> of age. You've got to live all these different no, lives. No, that's true. No, 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 that's true. But, but also, you, you know, you look, my brother's 64. He, the one uh, I met in Adelaide? Yeah, Craig. Yeah. And he's, he's at the peak of his powers. Yeah. John Brewster Jones, he used to play in a band called the Moonshine Jug and String Band. Which became when, the Angels. Which became the Angels. And the Brewster Jones brothers are doing gigs as the Moonshine Jug and String Band. So back they've again. Got, so they've got Craig back into that. He's right. 64. He's doing. He's working with the the original uh, Masters Apprentices guys, the old dudes, wow. and they're do, he's doing a sh shows as Masters Apprentices. Right. And he's, he's on the board of the Housing Trust. He's a very successful builder. Wow. And and but but his musical life yeah. has taken off. But his core business, which was building houses, he's at 64. He's so good at it because yeah. he's had a whole life of working one tiny patch. And I would love to be able to be, have been able to continue my tiny patch. Yeah. My tiny patch was writing songs and making records. Yeah. And writing songs and making records in Australia now, uh, where you're not the artist, is a, a meaningless occupation. It's not it. a meaningless, that's a, that's an improper word. But you can't, you can't, I withdraw that. Uh, but you can't. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> but she's nice stenography. But but you you know it's 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 a total bummer because I would love to be still you know plowing that field. But then you hear someone like Jared James and he's just amazing. Yeah. And he's come out of nowhere. I mean, I, I watched the arias that, yeah. that you did there, and I thought it was so fantastic. The music was so good. It was, it was wasn't it? It was back-to-back awesome just music. Just hit, 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 Just hit, hit. just quality, yeah. gorgeous, yeah. fantastic yeah, it was. music. But but they're not people that I even ever see. I mean, if I hadn't if I hadn't turned on the arias, just, you know, and I think it was not even on the normal 10. It wasn't on 10. No, it was on 10. It was on 10. Yeah, they haven't, time, mate. They haven't de- delegated it to it, 11. It, or, no, it was on. you know, 11 was one on, more than 10. It was on Jam or it was on Go was or something it, it, for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah and 10 yeah. got it back. Yeah. yeah. But back on prime time. But, but that's the only place that, I mean, where else, am, oh, I'm, as a 61-year-old, 62-year-old, going to see Jared James? Uh, whereas in the past, um, you know, music was king and it's not anymore. Yeah. The music's lower than gaming and, it really is and and all those other things yeah you know it's, it really it's is. just this other thing and yet there's more fantastic music than ever before yeah. i mean and and of course apple music and spotify is just blissful well unless you're trying to get unless paid. you're a creator yes yeah, yeah. Yes, i no. remember when you were uh when it first came out i remember you came to work you one day you're like fucking like, blah, 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 blah. so yeah. what's wrong with like i oh, give me 17 cents out of <laughs> well i get i get i get paid for absolutely everybody which i'm a half writer and half publisher of i've been accounted to by spotify since they started yeah absolutely everybody was a top 10 hit in, in sweden that was the first place that spotify started you know many 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 years ago so i've had their accounting for over a decade i get paid 0.00015 cents per stream in the paid sphere, in the paying, if it's in the paying thing, not the not the not that commercials thing, yeah. yeah. Which means that if I get a million streams, I make the princely sum of one hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> minus my administrators' costs, which are about which I pay ten percent to Universal. So, and then if I was a, if I was the publisher, and if I had a 70-30 split of that one hundred, means I'd be getting. Know, like forty dollars as the publisher, and the writer would be getting, you know, sixty dollars or something. I mean, it's you cannot, as a as a as an entrepreneur, yeah. I can't justify that game no. unless it's a three sixty or unless you're Gadinsky and you have the touring company, yeah, and the film company, and the music is just a, a part of that. It's I mean, right. I'd be very interested to see what Molly actually sells the record. Right. You know, what will that actually sell? I. I you know. People, mate. The I, as you know, my uh, my fiance now has a twelve year old daughter, and I don't think she's. I've never watched her buy a song. No, ever. No, she, Why does, she doesn't listens need to. to everything on YouTube. Listens to everything on Spotify. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. I, I did want to talk to you about a time in your life. There's a, a lot of people know about your time here in Australia as yes. a as a teen idol singer, yes. which must Some have been do, which was wonderful. Yeah, it must have been wonderful. It was wonderful. I remember going to a house party at your brother's house, and there was I think there was a TV Week poster of you with yeah. your shirt off. Yes, on the door. Yes, lots of shirt off. Oh, it's fantastic. Yes. My my line that I use for that now is that I started out as Justin Bieber, <laughs> and I've ended up as Bert Newton. That's my that's my line for that. Hey, that's right. <laughs> you, you know, still getting laid. It's fine. Um, which one, who, Bert or me? <laughs> you, clearly. Okay. Uh, and um, you know, and then there was a time you were on the you were on the Young Doctors. Yes, you the Young in, Butchers was fantastic. You were I actor. did the Young Butchers with um, Hogan. He had a, on a Hogan show. We did a send up of it called the Young Butchers. Yeah, and it was you remember the SNL one where they used to chop everything and the, and the arms would spurt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hogs did that in nineteen. 19- 70, uh-huh. whatever it was, uh, with the young doctors called the Young Butchers. I, I played his assistant, <laughs> a young butcher. <laughs> well, I loved it. It was fantastic. I, I was doing Joseph's Technicolor Dreamcoat at that time. Yeah. And I was the first Joseph in the world. It was the first show outside of a school that had, that had run the musical because they'd yeah. had a hit with Superstar and then they said, what else you got? And they had Joseph. Yeah. So we did it in Australia and I was, I, I was Joseph. And I would go to 
uh, sleep at sort of three or four in the morning or something like that, having played cards with John Paul Young and a guy called Joe Dicker. We'd go to Joe Dicker's house in Neutral Bay and, and we'd smoke and, and drink till, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I'd, might, I'd maybe get an hour's sleep and the cab driver would knock on, had a, every morning would knock on my door and wake me up and they'd dump me in the chair in um, Milson's Point Road where the, where the studio was. Yeah. I'd be Is that Crawford? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It was, no, it was yeah. Grundy. Grundy. It was, he bought an old warehouse and yeah. turned it into you know, a smart man. And, um, and I'd be asleep in the makeup chair. You'd, you, if you got through the dress rehearsal where you said the words, they moved on. <laughs> it was quality. fantastic. It was quality. Quality, it was quality, quality. stuff. There was, was a point, though, when your career took you overseas. What was the yes. point when you went, um, I'm going to have to go? Um, I just was repeating. and uh, Oh, really? And, yeah, I was repeating and the music wasn't all that good. And, and I, I, I had, a, I had a, uh, a real desire to make good music. And uh, what I was doing was, was that was not the kind of... I mean, uh, did you see the Alberts show on telly? Was, oh, I was, I've been away. I just moved oh back God, from LA man. in November. It's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. I, I mean, given that I was coming up in that time, I couldn't have imagined what I was up against. Mm. I was up against Ted Albert and Harry Vander and George, George, George Young. I was up against that and FIFA Riccobono and, and this extraordinary team of visionaries yeah. and genius mm. and, 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 and coming from an R&B rock point. Um, you know, I mean, that's what I was up against and all the power of, of, of Alberts and... and, and just that everybody loved everything they did. And I was this little poppet, you mm. know. I was this little poppet that was choosing my own songs, really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and uh, I, I can't imagine how I sold 200,000 albums, but, <laughs> but I did somehow or other. Somehow right. or other. But the music wasn't great. I knew it wasn't great. I, I loved pop music. I, I, I had to come to the to the realisation not long after that that my voice was never going to be what John Paul Young's was. John Paul Young's voice now. I mean, did you hear him sing little Evie parts one and two at, the, at, at his funeral? At his funeral? Um, I mean, he's an amazing singer. To this day, he's still a great, great singer. Yeah. Or a Glenn Shorrock, right. who is a, who's an extraordinary singer. Just the sound, or a Vanessa. Yeah. Just the sound of their voices is brilliant you can listen to their voice full stop i never had that and so i was never going to be a radio artist and america at that time when i went over there was all radio video hadn't hit so i was never going to make it i came to that realization thankfully and moved into songwriting mm. but i but my quest was to write something good i wanted to write good songs good make good music you wrote for some huge names i did there. i did I, my, I guess my proudest moment was the temptations and and working and and I, I meditated for a year, and uh, I went. I read every Carl Jung book. And, uh, <laughs> what kind of meditation? TM. TM. Yeah. Right. TM. Do you still do it? Uh, not really. No. I mean, I have occasionally. I do it. No. Um, uh, I know that's terrible, but but uh, I have, at different times I will go back and, mm. and meditate. But um, I took a whole year off and and just cleared, cleaned myself out. And this song appeared in my head, and it was My Lady Soul. And it was really a Jungian thing about the male singing to the female yeah. in themselves. And, uh, but, but the Billboard Book of Songwriting called it an you know, extraordinary black lyric. <laughs> yeah, it was, not, it was just like intense. White kid from Adelaide. From Adelaide. <laughs> Jungian self-analysis, you know. But, but um, it just had magic around it. And... Um, and it went to number four. It's on the Motown Greatest Hits second collection, and and it's on, of course, the Empress of Soul, which is the. And I ended up having two hits with attempts, and just being a part of that was so life affirming, and uh, and the music was so good, and and the vocals. Uh, I, I worked with two different lead singers, uh, Ali Ollie Woodson and. Uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. The other guy wasn't all that great. He sang the second song that went, went into the top ten, but it didn't really not didn't blow me away. It was a constructed song. Uh, Look what you started. It's called. But but Lady Soul, which was 100% me. Um, Ali, as it turns out, what I heard was that uh, he only did two passes. He was in the car on the on the crack pipe, and and <laughs> he would come in and just do two passes and then leave. That was it. And they'd rotate the singers tour to tour. Because they would, 
have to straighten up because they'd be broke. And then the other one would be, you know, gone off his nut. So he'd go wild for a year and spend the money from the last tour. Oh, my God. And the other guy would come in and replace him. And that was the scene. It was wild. But, but when you're hearing somebody sing in that place, when they're in this, and they've, but they've also got extraordinary control. Yeah. And, and, and they use all that madness to focus and to, and to pull pain out of their deepest soul. It's an extraordinary experience when you to have, be in the room. When you, have, that, you know? when you have someone like that, the Temptations and, and you know, the power of Motown as a record yes. label going, yes, you, well, this is Barry happening. Gordy chose the song. He heard my demo. I made the demo myself, Wow. I, which I rarely do. Yeah. I actually physically made the demo myself. I had a little TOK track and I made the little beat with the little Roland beat machine mm. and I played the little keyboard thing and sit, sang all the bits and, mm. and, um, and he heard my little crappy little shitty little TOK 8 track. But we, when, when someone like that validates you, specifically after leaving Australia yes. as you did, yes. were you able to take that validation on? Yes, absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. It was deeply soul-affirming. Yeah. It was life-affirming. I, I tell... Katie, that you know that life is magic, and that and that and that there are magic moments, and and that you you will go. And I tried to con- I tried to give this to Vanessa too, that 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 I don't think she really necessarily totally took it on, but there, there are waves and trials. Yeah. And 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 you know when you're in the wave, be cheery and be, but know that there's a trough coming. Yeah. And but but once you've gotten through a trough, and got to the, another wave. Yeah. Then it, ta- it has less fear, and you can and you can ride out the troughs, yeah. and and you and you know what you've got to do, and you can take those times to either change course or or dig deeper or whatever it is that you know wherever your you know radar s- sets you to go. Is that why you're still able to do what you do because you're able to go through those yes. oscillations? Yes, I think so. I think so. I think so. I don't. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's just getting older, and yeah. I'm sure you've got the same feeling now. You've come through a trough and come oh. out the other side. And trough, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think troughs are deep enough. Oh, really, <laughs> really. <laughs> I ended up, you know, in a foreign country, unemployed, paying rent out of my savings. Yeah, well, but <laughs> divorced. Yeah, you know, so it's just like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> and then, you know, and then. How, can I ask how old you are now? I'm 41. About 41. 42. Right, same age yeah. as my son, exactly. Right. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. About 42. Yeah. And um. Yeah. Um, Are but, you going to have kids this time around? Um, or has your partner uh, already done the kid thing? We're still thinking about that. Well, here's the thing, and I told yeah. her this 100%. I believe, and it's already happened, I believe that I can get, I see, and I envy it in my male friends who've had kids, I see them transform. Whereas Jim Bob's... Jim Bob, no. Jim's transformation is extraordinary. Oh, I want to see Jim Bob. Mate, like, I really want to You've got to Jim see Bob. Jim and his kids, well, man. God, I, want to, I want to see you've Jim Bob. You've got to see Jim and his kids. Beautiful. Oh, he's gone vegan. He's gone vegan and off thing. the chuff. I can't believe Mate, that. it's a oh, glorious You're just thing. doing that for the microphone. No, I swear I to God. I swear to God. Um, but I see that transformation that my male friends go through, and I have already started to, and I still I do yes. every day experience that through my relationship with Gigi. Yes. And I love it. Yes. I love, I, she, one day she was my girlfriend's kid. The next day I wake up, I'm like, I have to protect you. I have to provide for you. Yeah. I have to good. keep you safe. Yeah, and it was beautiful. Excellent. It's beautiful. Are beautiful. And the thing is that Audrey had Gigi quite early. Right. She was about 23. She had dropped mm. out of uni. Bio, she was doing biotech at uni. She right. dropped out. Um, and so she's like, all my, she's friends, all my friends traveled Europe. I've never yeah. done any of that. I yeah. always yeah, really wanted to do that thing. Yeah, Fair enough. I'm almost Fair there. She just, started, she just started high school. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, I'm doing sports day tomorrow. Great. I love it. Fantastic. Mate, I love All it. Of the, every, every minute of that is fabulous. I, I love every it, Every minute of it's fabulous. Friday, I get off the plane from the airport. I go back home. I set my autoresponder, and I turn that iPhone off. Great. Excellent. Good on you. I've got a brick phone that eight people have the number to. <laughs> Great. It cost me 50 bucks, and I don't turn that phone on again until Sunday night when I get back to Brisbane. It's freaking yeah. brilliant. It's so peaceful. Yeah. Oh, it's that's so, good. You're, yeah. You've... Uh, that, that's really a lucky. That's but a mate, honestly, you've, you've, it's it's really important that you know that I you've, you really inspired me a lot in in my particularly in my personal relationships because I remember when I introduced you to my now ex wife. Yes, you just turned around, I'll never forget it. You turned around and went, seal the deal, man, <laughs> seal the deal. Well, she is a beautiful woman. What's she doing? What's, uh, what's she that? just had a kid. She, really? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she just had was a kid. that part of the problem that you didn't? No, no, no it was a. Uh, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the right thing for us, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, 
Yeah, dude, it was. Is she living in Los Angeles? Yeah, or yeah, is yeah. She's still yeah. a super successful producer. She's getting yeah. Gets really? Up. Yeah, yeah. What's she doing? She's producing and acting. She's getting pilots up all the time. Wow. She's getting things picked up. Yeah, yeah. She's crushing it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. She's a powerhouse of a woman. Yeah. Um, but just wasn't able to. Mm. I played a fairly solid role in it, not being able to work. But that's Which, okay. why, 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 what do you think your role was? Um, look again. I think it was uh, I. Uh, had um, uh, an enormous sense of worthlessness. Really? Enormous sense of worthlessness. What Are you, you serious? What you saw on Idol was my coping, Game face. Me- was my po- coping mechanism. Yeah. That was my coping mechanism. Well, you coped pretty well. That but was, underneath it, you were a jello? Underneath it, I was... Um, <laughs> underneath it, I was hoping that no one would realise that I was faking uh, it. We're all... I think we're, every one of us is <laughs> like that. I don't really know anyone who's not like Now that. I have the opportunity <laughs> to start a relationship... Mm-hmm. and get involved in a relationship and slowly move into a relationship that I'm able to identify those patterns of behavior and go, actually, you know, that didn't work last time. Did I'm, you self-analyze or did you have oh, help? rigorous introspection. But, but with help or on your own? Oh, look, I'm, I'm, mate, there's no way I could do it alone. No. A man's not, a, a man's not an island. No mm. one does it alone. I, no. I, I pretty much did it alone. And, and I've, I've um, I mean, I have had, you know, I've gone to psychologists and, yeah. and, and, and counselors with my wife and I've, you know, I've had, together 34 years so we've yeah. had you know the Again, ups and the, the downs the peaks and the troughs. we've had the peaks and the troughs and there've been some rocky moments and uh, so at various times you know we we do counseling and and um, just to sort of you know check it yeah. and uh, but um uh, no, the, 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 the big moments I do, I, I do on my own. I haven't really been able to trust anyone else to, to well, with that, with that, with all that I, information. Do all you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but all I can tell you is that my very best thinking, the very best ideas that I had, the smartest I could possibly be, mm-hmm. got me divorced, mm-hmm. lost me in my house, mm-hmm. left me unemployed. Wow. So all I knew was that I'm going to start listening to somebody else. Because yeah. someone else has probably got a better idea of how to do this than me. And as soon as I started listening to somebody else, everything got better. Who was got, somebody else, your better. team? Uh, yeah, my, that, mentor, that, my mentor. Oh, you have a mentor? Yeah, my guy. Oh, that's good. That's, yeah, yeah. Good. that's good. He's no, got that's another good. name, but I won't call him that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. No, um, but that's good. Yeah, and that's plus good. also I've got, you know, I've got a psychiatrist and a psychologist. Yeah. I, you know, one works on the mechanics, the other works yes, on the Well, no, I have, a, on I have an oncolo- psychiatrist, oncologist psychiatrist. I, what? Yeah, yeah, because I've What a combo. Yeah. No, no, she's not an oncologist, but she's a cancer person oh, right, she right, deals right. with because because when 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 i was um you know i had my cancer and my sister had that cancer yeah i was just in in profound pain oh just, my god just, yeah. you know deep deep pain. would have been awful and uh and the, my oncologist recommended this particular person and and, and she's just been fantastic I, I i go for checkups with her every now and then but she really helped me through that yeah. period of time yeah and and she's a doctor not you know she's a doctor doctor yeah and uh being a psychiatrist and uh, you know I, I liken her to uh in the old days um well she lives in st kilda and groovy old beautiful old man, old place super duper old place but it's like in the village in the 17th century there'd be a woman mm. who knew the herbs mm. you know who was the you know they might call her a witch or something but My really mom. she wasn't she was a healer yeah. and 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 just had new witch flowers did what and, and, and could talk and the people could talk yeah. to. My mum, my uh, both my folks are doctors, as you know. Oh, yeah. My mum always, uh, she stopped practising now, she's retired. How old is she? Uh, 75. Um, we've got, uh, I've got to catch a plane, you've got to yeah. have lunch, but I want to get you to, just tell me two stories before we go. Yeah. Um, tell me, and I'll, t- I'll, f- I'll finish I'm up. Going, by- I'm, going to, I'm going to lunch at my club with um, Red Simons. It's going yeah. to be a really fantastic lunch. I'm so looking forward to it. Oh. Red, Red and I have, uh, have been friends since like 1976 or 77 when my manager at that time, a guy called Clifford Hocking, who was a great uh, entrepreneur yeah. in Australia, um, thought he would put the two of us together and for a dinner and to see what happened yeah. and see which one drank who under the table mm. first. And so uh, Red and I have been friends ever since. Did you have a right together? No, 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 no. He, he's more into that video. He does all those little wacky little video things, uh-huh. you know. Doesn't he do the overnights on ABC? No, he does mornings here mornings. In, in, in Melbourne. Yeah. But, uh, of course, he's been, you know, turned into a cartoon on, on Channel 7 on, on um, Sunday nights with Molly. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. so you were going to ask a question. Oh, I was going to ask a question. But I'm really looking forward to it. As you get older, you've got to have things to get you out of the cave. Yeah. 
and and part of being a barrister has been being the city mm. life of Melbourne, and, yeah. and it's something I never really, but you know, was a part of yeah. being in the music game. Your, your gigs were all over the yeah. country, or all over the world, yeah. and I wasn't a city dweller. Yeah. But I've really got to know the city since I've been a barrister. Mate, I'm loving being. Lovely. I'm loving loving being back in Sydney and Brisbane after living in LA for so long. I'm really, lovely. I love LA, man. Mate, oh, I had to go. Yeah, had to go. Got too. Though got I just go weird. and visit now. I love it. Like, no, I just love got it. Got too weird. We stay. At, we stay at the. Well, we're not going to say because I don't want people to. No, no, no. It's fine. Book it out. But a motel on Main Street in um, Santa Monica. In, in Santa Monica. Yeah. It's I was 150 bucks a yeah, night. Amazing. It's so cheap. I know the one and you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a groovy little pad. Yeah. And and so that's our home in yeah. in Los Angeles. And I love Santa Monica. Right. Yeah. I was I was living in Venice, but I got pretty sick over there, and, and I was really sick. Emotionally, mentally. Yeah. 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 yeah, quite yeah, sick. Fair enough. Quite sick. It was yeah. very, very scary. Yeah. Um, okay, so I just want you to tell me two stories. Yeah. Just tell me one Hasselhoff story. <laughs> just there one. There are so many. Okay. Just one. Okay. Um, there are so many. There are so many. Where do I start? My favourite night, well, not my, yeah, one of my favourite nights with the Hoff was we made a record, we made a bunch of records for Europe. I, I was, I got to know him through a guy called Peter Lopez. Peter Lopez was a lawyer. He managed Glenn Fry, the late Glenn Fry, and all kinds of really good cool people. And he managed me as well. And I met the Hoff in his office. And we just kicked it off. I made a lot of records. I made two albums with him in Germany where I basically did his vocals and we sent the vocals over to German producers. And he'd come out of the water, having been in the, you know, hanging off a helicopter in the ocean all day with salt water dripping Doing out. Doing Baywatch. And, yeah, and then at 8 o'clock at night he'd sing for two or three hours with me. But um, we finally made an album for America and, you know, he'd never had it out in, never had anything out in America. It was a really quite a lovely record. It was very good. And, um, and we got The Tonight Show, uh, with Jay Leno's Tonight Show. So he he was busy. So I got um, Gladys Knight's band, all black, uh, and and rehearsed them. So I was singing this gorgeous band, and they performed with him. And he only did it on the night. So he gets up and he sings his song, and it goes off well. And and then he has a chat with Jay. And then in the break, we're all called up to get a picture, you know, with Jay and mm. David and all that. And the same night, Johnny Depp was on. And um, with Kate Moss. Kate Moss wasn't on, but she was with him at the time. Yeah, wow. So we walk, we have our picture taken on the dais with David and with his manager and me and I think his parents and whatever. And it's a big deal, you know, Jay yeah. Leno and all that. It's yeah. his first singing thing. Yeah. And it had gone well. So we walk off and Johnny Depp's there, Johnny Depp's there with Kate Moss with David's album and just asking him for his signature. And there was this, oh, yeah, sure, Johnny signs it and keeps walking. <laughs> no, no kind of, like, it didn't, didn't seem amazing to him at all. For me, I'm sitting there like a step behind him going, ah, oh, this is fantastic. This is wild. Johnny Depp wanted. <laughs> with the hear David's record there. And, That's uh, fantastic. Isn't that fantastic? So then we go back to David's place. And, of course, it's party time. Yeah. And, um, and of course, the show is on in New York first, then Mount Central Prime, then yeah. Mountain Time. So it's on four times, and he's got all the different satellites. Uh-huh. So we're getting drunker and drunker, as each, <laughs> and it's getting better and better <laughs> each time. And then finally it comes on at 11.30 West Coast, in yeah. West Coast. Then we decide we're going to get in the limo and go down to, go down to Tower Records because he had a billboard at Tower yeah. Records. And at this place, at this point, we're just absolutely shit-based. Yeah. Know, absolutely off our nanas. And I find myself on Hollywood Boulevard with David, him getting into a fist fight with some guy on the street and I'm pulling him into the limo and taking him home, at which point he collapses and, and I go lift home. That was... A good day with the Hoff. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a he is good. such a warm and fantastic Lovely. Guy. And I can't think of enough for getting him to come on to Idol. That yeah. was the face. Well, he's done a show called Off, 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 the, Off the Record or something. Something like that. It's, have you seen it? It's, no, a, it's on in England. There's two series of oh, it where, no, they, yeah. where they kind of, it's sort of like. Get a, him telling stories? No, no. It's a, it's a you know, a, doc, a mockumentary oh, right, where, right. where he's himself, but he's, he's out of work and right. he's got this shitty. English manager, and he's just trying to do anything. Oh, I love it. It's 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 really quite funny. Oh, he's a. I found him to be a really lovely guy. Very tall, very very tall man. He's a very tall and man. The other, only other story. And I'd ridiculously like you, good looking. So ridiculously good looking. <laughs> the only other story I'd like you to tell me is our, I. I just wanted to share it with people because there was a time in your career when you found yourself 
in the worst part of LA, oh, yeah. handcuffed to a briefcase full of cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's, where we, that's why we called you Money Mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened was, uh, it's actually the corner of, of is it Florence and Normandy? And yeah, what, it's where Reginald Denny got his head bashed in. Remember where yeah. Reginald, the thing yeah. that started the LA riots? Um, was a was a guy in a truck. Oh, there was in the LA riots. It was, it was during the no, it set up. It was the trigger, one of the triggers that that just where it was. Yeah, I guess it was the start of it. Um, and 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 they pulled Reginald Denny out of. They got him with a toilet out, bowl. Out, well, I thought it was a brick or something. It was yeah, horrendous. No, they got him with a brick. Yeah, they got him with a brick. Well, directly catty corner to where that was was a was a liquor store, and I used to work with these guys in in Watts. And and I and that was I didn't really have a mobile phone and and you'd knock on the door and they wouldn't answer and and it was serious like um, serious stuff very uh, gang related. Well, I guess so. I mean, you you go down the wrong street and it was. I mean, the, the odd thing is that Watson Compton are actually very they don't look any yeah. different than Burbank or no. I mean, and and, and most of the street they're the same exact houses, often manicured streets. But then you'll go down a street that'll be burned out houses. Yeah. And, you know, and you were particularly for, in those days. You were working for publishing at the time, so you were. I was no, I was going down there because I, I was finding young black producers, beat guys, and um, I ended up signing a couple of them, and uh, to management and and just you know getting beats and doing melodies over their beats, and that's that was my my role. But I was really there as a manager, and and uh, and, <laughs> and Larry Robinson, who 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 ended up. Um, Moving into a mansion in the in the in um, one of the oh, it's called the Black Beverly Hills. I can't remember. Oh, Ladera Heights. Yeah, and um, and during during the riots, you know, he invited me in the smoke and it's burning, and and he he had a barbecue so everyone could sit and watch the riots. Watch LA burn. Watch oh LA my burn. God. Watch LA burn. But but anyway, I, I I would I'd have to go to that place to yeah. use a call box to try and wake somebody up to let me in. <laughs> And, and I had a briefcase, and there was a light straight over my head. And I was realising, I'm standing here with a briefcase, and there's a light right over my head. And I'm, you know, very white-looking dude. And I must have looked like a drug dealer. I must have looked like a drug dealer. And more, more than one occasion when I left there, the helicopter would follow me. Oh, no. With the light. What? <laughs> you know, because, you know, they, they were watching. Um, not, not as much as they are now. Oh, they were really good times. That was, that was just before, and I loved that time. I really did. Yeah. I loved the beats. I, I, loved, I loved being in those rooms where, where Larry Robinson would say, yeah, you're all welcome to put your ideas in, but you're not getting any part of the song. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'd had young kids from the neighbourhood yeah, yeah. that were just trying to get yeah. in, get on. You know, let me, let me play it. Yeah, but on the let NPC. Me do something, yeah, yeah. You know, let me do something. And he'd say, you're all welcome. And he'd just say, but you're not getting any part of it. <laughs> I ended up doing a record with him with, um, uh, what's the girl that married, um, the blonde girl? Oh, shit. I'm having early onset dementia. Uh, the guy from 30 Rock, the old dude. You know, the handsome Baldwin. Oh, Alex yeah. Baldwin, his first, what was his first wife's name? Oh, Kim Basinger? Oh, thank you. Kim Mason Kim. took us a while. I see. I didn't have to use Google. No, we got there. That's that's you know. We got I'm there. Not that far gone. We got there. But but no, Kim Basinger for some reason did uh, an album deal with the hardcore black label <laughs> at MCA. Well, she must have been broke or something, right? Well, and and we ended up Larry and this guy that I'd signed and me ended up making the record with it. And so Kenny, who's this big fat black dude, would be in there with her in the studio trying to get her to sing. And Larry, I would be sitting in with Larry and he'd have it all on mute. He wouldn't hear anything that she was doing. And at the end of the take, a guy, that's fantastic. Uh, just one more, please. And then she'd have another shot and he'd mute it again. And then he'd leave it to us to edit and try and make something, something out of it. It was fantastic. And then she'd just disappear into the room every so often. Uh, well, those are the days, mate. Uh, mate, well, those I'm, I'm glad the those are behind me, Mark. <laughs> yes. um, I'm very grateful, though, that I got to share some of them with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will never forget those times. Uh, and how about the fantastic parties we had oh, at the end? Jesus, man. Weren't they fantastic? They were all-nighters. They were great. The rap parties. Yeah, the, the DJing. It was the best. You two, you, you two guys. Yeah, Jim and I would DJ yeah. the idle after parties. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, good fun. They went until the sun came up. They did, and then they, some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were good. <laughs> Good, uh, but mate, you've always you've always inspired me. And like I said, I really I, I really miss 
having you around. I'm grateful to be back in touch with well, you. Uh, well, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's, uh, I'm, well, I'm grateful to be in touch too. And, and, I, and I, again, I'd love to see Jim Bob as well too. Um, I, I see Marsha a little bit. I, I, I took Dicko to my club um, yeah. this year, last year and we had a very long day. Yeah. And, and we sort of patched things up. So oh, I feel, nice. yeah, no, I feel, I feel very comfortable about him now. I wish him well, you know, because at the time there was some, you know, a lot of, little, lot of infighting. Mm. The one, the one who I, I really did enjoy, Kyle. I mean, you know, people shit on Kyle, but really, he was so smart. He would stand off in those meetings, and and not contribute. And and you know, the ones of us that were passionate about it, we'd be in there fighting, and he'd just sort of stand off to the side, knowing that. He's got the radio, and the radio's the power, and you're going to keep hiring him. I, I, I admire the way he's played it. I, yeah, I worry about his health. Oh, I know. His health has got to be crap. He's going to have a heart attack and die. But that's, you know, that's... Uh, it's going to be sad. Like he hasn't been told. A thousand times. Yeah, it's not like he hasn't been told. Yeah, it's going to be sad. And it's not that hard to be healthy. No. It's not. Well, I'm glad you are. Yeah, God bless you. You too. I'm glad <laughs> you look fantastic. Thanks, man. You look, you look fit. Uh, well, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm clean and sober. I uh, ride my bicycle a lot. I have the love good. of a good woman. No, I no, eat clean. That's good. Uh, go to bed early. Yeah. Who'd have thought all that stuff works? Yeah. <laughs> good on you. All right, man. Thank Cheers. you. That was great. I'm going to take your photo. And that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. That was Mark Holden. What a guy, huh? What a guy. An interesting, interesting guy. Um, so grateful to have him in my life. I really am. You can uh, send me an email if you like. Send Osher email at gmail.com. That's how you can get in touch with me. Um, and again, if you are able to, I'm not saying you should. I'm not be upset if you don't. Um, just if you are at all able to, uh, patreon.com slash Osher, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Osher. Uh, that would really, really help me out, help me able to um, be afforded to um, pay for an audio producer to help me make this show each and every week because i am uh, flat out running out of time to make it and i don't want to stop making it but um i love to make it so if you can uh please give what you feel you can it could be 50 cents could be a buck i don't care um if not don't worry if you can't afford to if you don't want to i don't care i'm just gratefully listening anyway so that's it i'm uh, what am i gonna do i guess i get to post this and then uh, try and get to sleep because i'm getting up it's stupid o'clock uh, to go and have fun on radio here in Brisbane. All right. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Sleep well and dream of beautiful things. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 